are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Today's episode is all about yoga adjustments. I'm actually really excited to discuss this topic with you, the yoga practitioner, because there are variations of adjustments that you can receive during any studio practice or even one-on-one teacher-student type private sessions. And I wanted to break it down, let you know what some of the benefits are, what you should look for in receiving adjustments, why they can help accelerate your yoga practice for rather therapeutic reasons, alignment reasons, um, properly getting into the posture, things of that nature. As well, I want to acknowledge the fact that there is some sensitivity that we have to be mindful of when either giving adjustments as a yoga teacher or receiving adjustments as a yoga student and I actually have a story that I can share with you now if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough you will know that I have a great affinity for um, trauma-informed yoga and I really do believe that that is such a beautiful area that yoga can bring such awareness to the practitioner receiving back their own empowerment. And so hands-on adjustments can be really um, kind of pushing the boundaries for certain populations. And you may at times during your own practice Um, not really be receptive to receiving someone else's energy for whatever reason. It could just be not the right day for you, not the right teacher for you. And I want to discuss that as well. Also to acknowledge the fact that the hashtag MeToo movement is indeed um, infiltrated itself into the yoga community. As we all know, one bad apple can ruin the bunch and the yoga community has experienced some unfortunate um, acts of crime on students from teachers and leaders in the community. And anytime there's this, um, I think this disparity and this imbalance of power then you are always susceptible to mistreatment. It's unfortunate and it's a part of human nature, right? But with that said, it doesn't necessarily um, erase all the benefits of a true guiding of practice. Also, I wanted to talk about the idea that receiving just human touch in an appropriate way, of course, can be so uh, relaxing. I know for me, I love um, just walking by and maybe tapping my hand on top of another hand while that hand's in down dog or you know, giving someone a hug hello or a hug goodbye, just those gentle, subtle, Um, I think human connections. So I want to discuss all of that and give you a lot of information that you can discern and decide how to move forward in your own practice. Now, of course, I am a cheerleader for a personal practice, a personal home practice. And so obviously this doesn't apply when it comes to that actual physical touch or those hands-on adjustments. 
However, we do have verbal cueing, we do have non-verbal adjustments, um, things of that nature that you do experience even by listening to the weekly audio classes that are published here on the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. So let's go ahead and begin to break this all down. So first I want to begin with what are hands-on hands adjustments and maybe you've gone to a class and you've never received one. Maybe you've gone to a class and received one and didn't know that you were and kind of what it looks like in most of the yoga studio climate today. So because of a lot that's been going on in the world with, um, you know, just really imposing yourself onto another person. There's a lot of rules and guidelines that yoga studios are trying to implement and follow to protect the student. And some of those include simple gestures such as having hands-on adjustment cards that students can place for yes or no. Um, Teachers will cue the student, if you prefer for me not to touch your body at this moment, you can place your hands on your belly, or you know, there's lots of different ways that teachers are informing their students that this action is about to take place and not to be alarmed. Now, I believe that that is amazing, and I think we should always give our students the opportunity to opt out at any time in anything in class. Even I tell my students, I can be telling you to raise your hands toward the sky. If you choose not to raise your hands toward the sky right now for whatever reason, that is okay. So as long as all the students practicing on their individual mats in this community that we've created in this moment are not at all disturbed by your performance of your practice, then you can quietly dance on your mat for all that I care. I'm only here to guide you through your practice to make verbal suggestions about what I think you should be doing next. And you are probably in my class to receive those. However, at some times during that hour, you may or may not want to partake in whatever it is that I'm offering you. And you can choose to make an adjustment where you see fit. I think that's just true of everything in life. And we really should have the autonomy and freedom to make those decisions at any time so as they are appropriate, right? That is no different with hands-on adjustments. And I really want to create this foundation that if all of our classes allow for this type of freedom, then we do not necessarily need to overly state the obvious. And what I mean by that is sometimes I've noticed that when we're kind of creating this strange invisible boundary between the student and the teacher, it's almost causing the student to have, be apprehensive without even understanding the why and the what. So every now and then when I've broached the topic of hands-on adjustments prior to class, um, maybe I've been in an environment where the studio preferred that or what have you, I get a lot more people opting out because they're not sure what they should be opting in for, just kind of like more on the, the, the cautionary side of things. However, I do appreciate teachers and, and studios that promote 
creating options for every single moment that they're in. So really bringing it to that present moment, that present awareness. So right before you're about to adjust the student, you simply ask, is it okay if I offer you an adjustment here? Or is it okay if I slightly move your shoulders to the right? Or even just gently tapping the shoulder on the right side and encouraging that movement, I think is appropriate. So that gives the student the opportunity to be in that moment and, and really encourage it. Now to take it to the next level is an episode like today where I really want to educate you, the practitioner, so that you know the benefits of a really informed adjustment, right? And if you're already going to a class where you believe in that teacher and you understand what you're doing and you feel confident, then receiving an adjustment is just another experience within that class. When you think about adjustments, um, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'm not making this comparison to try to lump the two together, I'm making the comparison to give you, the listener, a visual. So keep that in mind. But I think a physical therapist. When you go to a physical therapy session or even a massage therapy session, you are expecting hands-on. You're expecting to receive adjustments. You're or a chiropractor. You're expecting that energy exchange. However, with yoga, we've somewhere along the line have transitioned from that very beautiful practice to um, a more of a group exercise type practice, which has its place in the yoga community, absolutely. I love nothing more than entering into a really packed yoga class, knowing that I'm going to be able to just be on my mat, I'm gonna be able to follow along, I'm really there for community and I'm there for all that, that basically that ambiance, that environment. And then I love nothing more than knowing when I'm going to a certain type of yoga class where I'm going to get adjusted or I'm going to do meditation or I know it's going to be um, a smaller class. Maybe there's only going to be a handful of students because that's the environment. And I know I'm going to get a lot more one-on-one attention throughout that hour, let's say. So you kind of start to fill out the differences and you start to appreciate them in all their their benefits, I should say. So we should never try to make everything all the same and we should never um, discount something for everything. I think we should allow things to kind of live within their own paradigms and their own little ecosystems and appreciate them where they're at. So if you've ever gone to a Shtanga yoga, you will know that adjustments are just a part of that discipline. If you're in that class and they notice that you are out of alignment, they're going to go and adjust you. You may not receive any um, warning. You may not be asked permission. It's just a part of that lineage, right? And so that's another thing to understand. If you're doing a one-on-one session or a private session, it is typical that you're going to receive adjustments, hands-on guidance. Now, hands-on guidance can look a lot of different ways. As I mentioned earlier, I love nothing more than my students being in downward facing dog and I go up to them and I press my hands on top of theirs and I really engage their hastabandha or I gently tap on a shoulder to get them to change direction or I 
um, somehow just create this very subtle uh, hands-on adjustment, right? And for those, I do not typically seek any type of permission because I feel like, hey, if I just met you at the grocer and I put my hand up to give you high five because we were both in agreement that the sell on oranges was amazing, I wouldn't ask permission, right? I would think that it is a normal human behavior to shake someone's hand to give them a high five. However, it's when you start taking it to a deeper level, maybe you are going to completely embrace that person in some respect, or I'm going to adjust you from a place that isn't um, a typical place to touch. It's typical to touch someone on their upper back, maybe on a shoulder, um, on an arm, on a hand. Where it gets becomes not so typical would be hips, legs, any of the private regions, right? Belly, um, bottom, top chest, things of that nature. So those are the areas where either you would never touch or you would seek permission, right? So um, it's just sort of those normal, I think, regular standard things that we all kind of know. It's, it's just that, that understanding, so to speak. Now, in yoga, the reason why adjustments are amazing is, as I was mentioning with physical therapy, it's that same kind of concept. If, for instance, I recently did a yoga pose breakdown of shoulder stand, and shoulder stand is considered intermediate to advanced. It's not a beginner's pose. It actually can be a dangerous posture if done incorrectly. Your neck is really at stake if you're not balancing on the shoulders. And um, you really want to do this with a yoga teacher who is comfortable with guiding students through shoulder stand into that position, right? So there may be some hands-on adjustments that need to take place inherently in order to protect the student from the posture and still be able to practice the posture and receive the benefits from the posture. The posture is a beautiful posture and if the student has the capability of even practicing it at all and just needs some minor tweaks, then they should be able to receive that. Now, I was an all-star cheerleading coach um, and gymnast, or gymnastics coach, excuse me, and gymnast yoga instructor, and so it's very common to put your hands on those types of um, students. So as their coach or as their yoga teacher, they are completely aware that they are going to need what we call in that industry spotting, and they'll just come right up to you and start putting their body, contorting their body into a shape and expecting you to spot them or lift them, help them, touch them, right? And so in yoga, that was always the norm as well. If someone was attempting headstand or handstand or um, going to take will from a standing position, things of that nature, they were expecting to be spotted, to be adjusted, to be assisted. And so I like to think on the think of these hands-on assessments and adjustments and spotting as just being a normal part of an advanced practice. Also a normal part of a beginner's practice. Now it's these mixed level, fast-paced vinyasa flow type classes where adjustments can become a little bit more tricky. Usually those classes not only have 
um, a lot more students, but also are moving at a pace that is difficult for one teacher to be able to modify or adjust or assist hands-on. So cueing and verbal adjustments become the key. And obviously that is something that I've learned to become really proficient at because I do the audio yoga classes here on the podcast. I've had to learn how to really pick my words wisely and imagine what it must sound like for the practitioner to understand what I'm instructing to put their own body into alignment and get themselves there over time. Now with that said, people do not always have body awareness and that is okay. There's a lot of reasons why. I was a professional dancer for years and working with dancers, you'll see a lot of misguided body awareness until it just kind of all clicks. Some people aren't even sure of what's their right hip from their left hip. So if you tell somebody to shake their hip to the right, they might just shake it to the left. So. There is a lot of patience that has to take place with just identifying what your body is doing when your brain sends the signal physically. So that is okay as well. And that's why also having a yoga teacher to guide you, nope, not that hip, the other hip. Let me um, just point you that way, repeat what I'm saying, kind of get your brain to click but sometimes just physically making that adjustment's really helpful. Now, teachers can make adjustments in lots of ways. We can use props to help us adjust. Straps are amazing for that. Um, you can use straps to adjust students, towels to adjust students. Teachers have a lot of, exper especially experienced teachers have a lot of ways of adjusting students to where it is less personal. So. I personally would grab a yoga towel and if I'm trying to make an adjustment with hips or a back adjustment, I would maybe place the towel there and then put my hand on top of the towel. So the student can feel that there's a towel being placed on them and then my hand comes. It's not hands on flesh or anything of that nature. Also taking a strap and just um, wrapping the strap somewhere around the body and then lifting the strap, lifting the body for instance. There's a lot of different ways that we do this. Here's the problem that I'm seeing today. Because of some of the bad press that, you know, has happened, including in the yoga community, teachers just shy away from this very needed part of a really, I think, well-rounded practice, which is giving that student that one-on-one -on -one attention, that moment of adjustments, that moment of guidance, really, just to get their bodies into the alignment. Once the student understands what the teacher is trying to accomplish with them and what the pose is trying to accomplish in that moment, you could do one pose several different ways and they can have several different meanings. Um, and that's another thing that's super fascinating about yoga and that I love so much. But when we shy away from something on a whole entire level in order to prevent something that should never happen anyway, then we end up not figuring out learning how to adjust in new innovative ways, but to still accomplish what is needed most, that therapeutic sensibility for the student. Once the student has been adjusted, once they can feel what their spine feels like in neutral, or once they know what it feels like when their shoulder is taking the twist instead of just their head and neck, their body will memorize that moment and they can get into that again.
So I really want students to be informed and empowered to know what adjustments are because the more that students understand the purpose of them, they can encourage teachers to continue to offer them in classes. They can ask for an adjustment. They can opt in more likely and then really just feeling comfortable with it. Now keep in mind as a student, you do not ever want to opt into an adjustment if you have injury. If you know you are babysitting an injury in the body, opt out. Don't even risk it. Even if your injury isn't inflamed or noticeable or even going to hinder your practice, even just a small adjustment could change that injury for your body. So I advise all students who have any type of injury to not receive adjustment. If you're pregnant and you are beyond the first trimester, you probably should opt out of adjustments depending on what the adjustment is, okay? But I would safely just opt out. You do not wanna take the risk that the teacher is heavy handed or anything of that nature unless you've been working with that teacher they've given you numerous adjustments and you just happen to now be carrying more than one so um, those are a couple of examples where adjustments can just pretty much not be in your practice now if you are um, sensitive to people being in your energetic space so again, that sort of that trauma-informed idea. And trauma doesn't mean that you necessarily are in the middle of, an ex of experiencing trauma, you're suffering from PTSD. It doesn't have to be dramatic in that respect. You can just simply not be comfortable with strangers touching you, period. And you don't have to understand it, explain it, identify it, or anything. You could just know that that's... You don't like, you don't personally like giving high fives in the grocer over, you know, that orange cell. So just opt out, just gracefully decline, and that's okay as well. If a teacher does happen to come up like myself and place their hands on yours and down dog and that makes you feel uncomfortable, um, please do try really hard to tell the teacher after class like hey I really appreciated that but I'm a little weirded out by touch I know most people don't do that but it really helps us teachers to have a general idea or give the teacher a little freebie pass and and maybe not make a big deal of it depending on what it means for you and where the teacher is applying their energy to your energy um, that is another reason why I love trauma-informed classes that are specific for trauma-informed or even just classes that announce we will not be doing adjustments in this class. As I said, most studios don't do them as much anymore. But if you're going to yoga um, and you're expe expecting a class that is more of alignment, more of a therapeutic sensibility, um, something of that nature then like you know yoga for back for instance like a back type class or yoga for um, carpal tunnel or you know anything where yoga starts to fuse itself with maybe some sort of um, ailment then you could expect that there's going to be a lot more adjusting or hands-on um, guidance not always the case but could be also, um, when we think about adjustments and other aspects, such as I mentioned, like cueing and things of that nature, just 
inform the teacher if you really do not understand something and the teacher's trying to cue you there maybe just take a moment after class and i've had students do this with me hey can you help me get into trikonasana i think i understand what you meant but for some reason i didn't feel that in my body at which point i can then say one-on-one -on -one, is it okay if i adjust you if i put my hands on your shoulders or um, okay let's envision this now a place where there can be hands-on in yoga and it's not technically an adjustment it's um, meant to be calming and stress relief is typically in shavasana teachers will um, press down on your shoulders just allowing your body to melt into the earth teachers will maybe shake and wiggle your legs a little bit of like a thai massage type infusion there teachers may um, massage the bottoms of the feet just engaging that parawanda um, i love doing that teachers may lengthen the legs lengthen the arms um, massage the fingertips so um, maybe even lengthen the neck teachers may ask teachers may just give same with like essential oils that's another thing that teachers should be asking because that could you know essential oils can be very strong on the body um, but another thing that sometimes can pop up in a yoga class and you weren't expecting that so that's another area that's meant to be comforting that can also be a little bit nerve-wracking for students but just know those are typically the reasons why a yoga teacher would be placing their hands onto your body it's to get you into alignment to help you into the posture to make the posture safer um, or to try to relax you in shavasana outside of that at the top of my head off the top of my head i cannot really think of another hands-on adjusting moment that would take place in a class other than an emergency situation if you're in headstand and you're about to topple over into another student the teacher's there or another student's there you're probably going to have someone run up to you and help you um, get out of that safe safely so in a case of an emergency then all bets are off right now where you should be mindful of adjustments in your practice is when you are offered an adjustment but you do not know why or what's coming so if a teacher comes up to you and they're like is it okay if i give you an adjustment you can simply say oh could you tell me where the adjustment's going to be and the teacher can say oh i just want to adjust your shoulders now hopefully the teacher can come up to you and say can i adjust your shoulders and just eliminate that conversation but it can happen and usually the class is quiet or something and you're kind of like okay yeah don't worry about that the teacher is not worried about that the other students aren't worried about that to be honest with you, it's almost better when a teacher can go up to a student, offer an adjustment, the student can ask some questions, even if it's in a whisper, and other people can hear. I mean, that's the conversation that needs to take place. That's what we're doing in this episode, is we're at least considering these ideas. I think the more that we make it hush-hush and the more that we try to like, get rid of it or not utilize it or leave it into certain disciplines and lineages and not in others is when we find ourselves in trouble now um, restorative yoga using a lot of props using adjustments is very common yin yoga 
Ashtanga, as I mentioned, those are all super common to where you're going to be adjusted without permission. Um, there's also former lineages of yoga that really were heavy on alignment. And so there's going to be adjustments and lots of prop heavy um, type modifications and variations in those classes. Where adjustments are not super typical is going to be more like a power yoga class or a class that has a heavy vinyasa flow that's not necessarily an ashtanga lineage but a variation of that. Um, gym yoga, things of that nature, you may not see the adjustments take place so much. But if a class is small and a class is intimate and the teacher just has that in that teacher's um, way of teaching as well, then you might become accustomed to that. But I think adjustments are amazing. Hands-on adjustments, obviously um, verbal adjustments, cueing, all of that is so important because without it, you may never truly experience the entire purpose of the posture or the correct alignment of the posture or just mirroring the mind and body connection. So I hope this helped you to understand a little bit more about the topic, but also I want to keep in mind for myself as a yoga teacher that there are times where hands-on adjustment can just feel awkward. It can be done by the wrong teacher, it could be the energy flow may be off between teacher student and that's okay as well. Now I'm going to give you my hands-on adjustment story and this really put it into perspective for me. I was practicing at like a pop-up studio. It was in an art gallery and it was amazing. I was like 4th of July, I believe, and this was a few years back and it was an extremely intense vinyasa flow. It wasn't Ashtanga, but it was very much from that lineage, but it wasn't the complete series and it wasn't that organized as far as the Ashtanga series are concerned. It wasn't like the primary series, but the teacher was an Ashtanga teacher and that teacher happened to be teaching a Vinyasa flow. Well, the mats were about an inch apart, so it was that packed and everyone was sweating and it was hot in there. It felt like hot yoga, but it was just the, the climate. And I happen, I, I was a teacher myself. I happened to be practicing next to a teacher who I didn't know was a teacher. And um, everyone's just practicing, practicing, practicing. And there came, I believe there was a bind and it was a pretty intense bind. I don't remember which one it was exactly. And I was having trouble getting into the bind because I was sweating so much that my limbs were slipping off of each other. And I was at some point really okay with that. I realized what was happening, I understood it myself. But the person next to me decided to come onto my mat, lean over me, sweat dripping off of his body onto mine, and he literally put my body in the bind. And it happened all so fast that before I knew it, I was in the bind and I appreciated that, I guess, but it was, completely invasive and afterward I, I don't know if I had a look on my face I accepted it I realized what was happening I mean being a yoga teacher it's much more helpful because I understand the concept of what was just taking place but if I was just a student who had never received and I don't mean just a student but I mean not a teacher not an understanding of 
this concept and I just happened to be there practicing, I would have felt, I think, really awkward. I mean, I already felt awkward, but I would have really felt awkward. And he must have sensed that in me because after class, he came up to me to apologize and he informed me that he was a yoga teacher from the Ashtanga discipline. At which point I completely understood what his motivation was. But I think because it was hot and he was sweating and then he sweat on top of me and it was just, it was really off-putting. But it also taught me a valuable lesson that there is a way to do things, right? So in that particular situation, the bind was very advanced and intense and he obviously made the assumption and maybe with some wisdom as well that I could get into the posture. I was attempting it, so it wasn't like I had an injury or something. But he also was trying to help me into a bind that I may or may not been ready for, um, nor perhaps with the advancement of that bind, should I really be getting adjusted into. Now in Ashtanga, that is a part of, that's the name of the game, but I wasn't one of his regular students and typically Ashtanga teachers begin to learn their students and they will only take on that type of approach with the students that they've spent a lot of time with. So, but you know, like I said, in his wisdom, this was probably his era, right? He was an older gentleman and he probably felt like I can assess the situation in 2.2 seconds. He had practiced next to me for at least half an hour. So he might have got the vibe that I was prepared and I'm okay with that. With that said, it was a valuable lesson for me as a teacher because I would only be comfortable in adjusting a student in a posture that they're already in, that they've already accomplished, and I, I need to help them tweak it, or adjusting a student where I feel that they are ready to accelerate like shoulder stand into that position, and I just need to make sure that they are not going to endanger themselves. So I think as a teacher, and every teacher is different, but it's important to understand what your style is if you're a teacher, and as a practitioner to understand how to communicate in those split moments with a teacher who's maybe kind of just bringing too much energy to your practice. So it's a dance and it's not always gonna be perfect, but I believe we need to continue dancing with this issue and with each other on it and making sure that it's still a part of the practice because when it's not a part of the practice, the dance begins to die and then anything that seems abnormal becomes abnormal when technically we should be able to work together, teacher, student, student, teacher, into really creating the most beneficial practice ever. So I hope I wasn't too long-winded on this episode. I definitely wanna do some follow-ups because this was a really a big overview of my thoughts and my ideas about the, the hands-on adjustment realm. And again, like I said, there's lots of other types of adjustments that can be done in a class that have nothing to do with hands-on touch. And to, to leave it this way, last but not least, yoga teachers love when students give them hugs and high fives and handshakes and just that human connection, that human touch. I think yoga has become, and in some respects it's beautiful because everyone's on their own mat and everyone has this little space where they have their freedom and their independence, but they're in this community where there's this love and there's this 
beautiful connection. However, sometimes when class is over, it just feels like everyone just rolls up their mat and just pieces out. I think it's beautiful to take a moment and I try to, you know, I learned this from going to church, right? You know, like the priest or the pastor standing at the door, shaking everyone's hand on the way out. I've learned that I've got to be in the front line. I've got to be in the space where the student can um, I can receive their energy and they can receive mine either through a high five or a handshake or a hug, um, things of that nature. So don't be afraid to make that human connection. It also helps later in the practice with the teacher when you're already used to making that kind of a connection that, that you know, those conversations, those hellos, those questions, Q&A moments before and after class with your teacher, that when they are going to give you an adjustment, it feels like it's someone who you are comfortable with already. So it's not necessarily cold and your first time in this person's adjusting you. And all of a sudden I'm thinking of a Catholic school nun, you know, with her ruler. Um, it's not that vibe. It's more of this is my friend. This is my teacher. This is my guide in this class today. And I trust that this person is trying to truly get me into alignment. Um, I still haven't published my very detailed episode about trauma-informed yoga. And I do plan to do so soon. But a part of that is that whole guru, um, at least in the yoga community, that whole guru, a spiritual leader, almost like this cult type energy. And whenever you put someone on a pedestal who's just a red-blooded human like you and I, it's inevitable that you are basically crowning this person with power that they do not technically deserve. And at the end of the day, like I said, for me as a teacher, I'm just making suggestions and guiding you and trying to create the most safest, beneficial, healthy class that I can to help you on your fitness journey, on your spiritual journey, on that mind-body-spirit connection, hopefully. I'm not here to replace or to advise outside of my scope, and I think that's important that all students go into their classes and realize that the teacher that's teaching that class is a student in another class. So no one deserves the opportunity to basically empower themselves with your energy. All you can do is lend them some of your time and space and vice versa. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you learned something new about the benefits of adjustments. And I hope you start to pay more attention when you go to your yoga practice. Maybe even talk to your teacher about receiving adjustments or why they are not doing them in the class if they're not. And uh, see what happens. So thanks for listening. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.